Welcome to Lessons in Leadership. I'm Steve Adubato with my trusted colleague, partner, and friend, Mary Gamba. Mary, how are we doing today? It's a great day, Steve. Any day that I can be here with you uh, producing these great programs, Lessons in Leadership, it's a really great day. Mary, if we are Batman and Robin, you are whom? Oh, uh, Wonder Woman, maybe? Right? Because I can't totally be Batman or Robin. Nothing to do with Batman and, Ro <laughs> Batman and Robin. You Stop. I'm not even going there with you. By the way, uh, we're going to be joined by the uh, police, uh, public safety director in the great city of Newark, Brick City, my hometown, born and raised, Anthony Ambrose. He's born and raised in the city of Newark as well. Talk about leadership challenges, being the head of public safety, being in law enforcement for more than a few years. Uh, director Ambrose has faced a range of difficult issues. Mary, tell everyone, by the way, who makes the show possible? Who are our sponsors? We have some great sponsors. We've got Givens PC. We have Valley Bank. Prager Metis, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, and the Downs Strategic, I'm going to get this right, Strategic Leadership Institute is our newest uh, sponsor, and we're really excited to have them on board. Yep, and by the way, you can find us on News 12 Plus on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, blah, 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 Apple blah. Apple Podcasts yeah, and all those other great places. Go on our website on stand-deliver.com to find out the rest. Hey, enough plugging. Bring you out love my plugging. good friend. Uh, Anthony Ambrose is the Director of Public Safety in Newark. How are you doing, Anthony? Very good, Steve. How are you doing? Doing all right. Anthony and I have been friends, fully disclosed, for a, a, more than a few years. We have a group of gentlemen that we've been hanging out with for a long time. If I ever told you the name of the group, you'd look it up and you wouldn't find anything that made any sense. It is uh, an inside thing. Anthony and I are born in the same neighborhood in Newark. Ant, let me ask you this. Growing up in the north ward of Newark, um, back in the day, if you will, largely Italian-American neighborhood, evolved over time to become more racially, culturally, ethnically diverse. How much about leadership did you learn growing up in the neighborhood that we grew up in? A lot. Uh, you, you had to, uh, leadership, when I look at leadership, I look at people. So you mentioned it, that the areas that we grew up in, uh, the street corners that we hung out on, uh, you were with people. We were always with people. We learned people's personalities. We learned people's traits. And, uh, you know, we're not born leaders and, and it takes time. But I think that was the start uh, for both of us when we were on them corners in the North Ward and, uh, and at different uh, events uh, with people. And uh, I think that uh, that actually marked, uh, put the mark in my life to saying uh, that I want to be a leader one day and I want to be uh, my lessons learned from them street corners of the city uh, that I wouldn't give up for the world. I do it all over again. So it's so interesting, Anthony, a lot of your leadership in the city of Newark you head up the police department and the fire department? Yes, and Office of Emergency Management. But let folks know about your law enforcement background. Um, I'm in law enforcement uh, 1986. I joined the Newark Police Department. Uh, I was a Newark police officer assigned to then the Newark District. Uh, went through the ranks, was the chief of police in 1999, the police director in 2004. Uh, in 2006, left, went to the county. Stayed at the county as undersheriff and chief of detectives for 10 years, and then came back under uh, Mayor Rouse Baraka's leadership as public safety director in 2016. So, um, Director Ambrose, we had on the mayor, Mayor Baraka, talking leadership. We had Akila Sherrills, who was part of a recent protest, along with Larry Hamm and others. I'm not going to get too inside. There was a big protest uh, in Newark after the horrific murder of George Floyd. And actually, uh, Director Ambrose and I had an offline conversation the day of, I believe it was a Saturday, 
there was a major rally. And unlike some other places around the country, there's a point here, trust me, it was nonviolent, it was peaceful, the police were directly involved. Um, we hope and pray it continues to stay like that. How much of that had to do with leadership that that protest was so peaceful and meaningful? Uh, 100%. Uh, it was the leadership of, of, of Mayor Barack and the leadership of myself and the leadership of the department, my underlings. Uh, it was, uh, you know, it was a total success because of that, us all coming together. Uh, you know, when we talk about leadership, you, you want to nurture and you want to train and you want to teach people. Uh, you know, you have a vision, uh, a clear vision. You want people to follow that vision. You want input from these people. And on that day, it was it was test day, that day where 12,000 people came to this city. Uh, a thousand or more decided that they wanted to stay here and take over one of our police facilities. And uh, the command rank of the police department and, and police officers, what, they, what we practice each day, uh, they, they practice it. And uh, with, the, with the assistance of the ambassador program with the mayor, uh, it was a perfect storm, I call it. Uh, we were able to accomplish something that no one did uh, and uh, make no arrests and, uh, and keep it peaceful. So when it comes up to leadership, it, it's something that we do each and every day. And my position, uh, my position is to, to, to train my underlings uh, to, to one day, uh, not only to think my, like me and have my vision, uh, but someday to take my job. Uh, and it's important that uh, you're not selfish about that. But uh, that's what happened that day. Well said. Mary, jump in. I know you have a particular interest given the fact that your husband is a professional in the field of a very difficult situation, but uh, um, jump in. Sure, definitely. And, and uh, Director, I, I know the challenges that you face um, on the streets. My husband's on the other end of it in corrections. And one thing that I, I would love to get your perspective on, you've talked about the successful uh, protests that you had and keeping it peaceful. How do you teach others on your team to confront without being confrontational? When they were talking to those protesters that were really coming in there, obviously, with a direct intent to either do harm or take over or loot, how do you teach your team to confront without raising and escalating an already tense situation? I think the de-escalation training, we started de-escalation training some three years ago, uh, and it's part of our use of force policy. And uh, I think that uh, that was 100% of it, that you know, officers are, are, are taught to not to use force, to be thick-skinned, uh, not to overreact. Uh, and, and, and it paid out, the dividends paid out on that date. I think it's important that our, my motto here, uh, from my office all the way down to the, to the police officer in the car, is we can have a bad day. They can't have a bad day as a citizen. And the other thing is that if, you, if you've taken this job that you thought it was going to be a good day every day and people were going to respect you every day, then you should have bought a flower shop, I tell them, because this is definitely a different type of animal, different type of profession. Yeah, follow up on that. So interesting. Mary and I were having an offline conversation, uh, Director Ambrose, about the concept of loyalty. And without getting, getting overly philosophical, here's what I mean. So sometimes people say, I'm loyal to my leader. And someone says, yeah, but what if your leader is doing or saying something that you think is detrimental to the people you serve, whether in a hospital, a law enforcement situation, a media situation like ours, an educational situation? Here's my point. You expect loyalty to whom? Because you and I were both mentored by 
And you and I actually had this conversation the other day. My, my, my father, Steve Arabato Sr., as we speak, has been very ill for a long time, but a major leader in government and politics and um, the not-for-profit world, the educational world, he expected loyalty to him. And he and I would talk about this a lot, like, well, what if I think you're doing something wrong? He didn't want to hear it very often. And my mom would watch this show and tell me I shouldn't have said that. But my point is this, Anthony, as great of a leader as my father was in his public life, he demanded consummate loyalty to him, you say? Well, I don't think it's, in, in, in including any leader, I don't think it's loyalty, so it has to be explained. Loyalty to your father or loyalty to me isn't bringing me gifts and isn't texting me every morning, happy birthday. But I think where we take it personal is that we have a passion for what we do and what I do and what your father did. And that we want people to be loyal to the job. If they're loyal to their job and, passion, and they have passion for the job, if they don't, then they're not loyal to us because that's our loyalty to making sure that we have results and making sure that we win, and making sure that people get what they want. So I think when someone doesn't want to do their job, it's not loyalty. You're not loyal. Loyalty is taken out of context where you're saying you're not loyal to me where you didn't bring me a bottle of wine for my birthday. No, you're being disloyal to the oath that you're taking or the job that you're taking or the, or, or the agreement that you've taken when you've taken on this job. So I think when you talk about your father, I learned a great deal of, of leadership from is your father would your father always wanted to help the people. He didn't care how he had to help the people. Uh, you know, uh, it was about street closures. I told you offline about the time he called That's me up right. there and he showed me them kids sleeping. He said, it's about these kids in his daycare center and the cars racing down the street. And if I would have said to him, I'll get back to you and never followed up, it would have been I was disloyal because not because he wanted something. He wanted some, something safety. He wanted something for people to do better. Okay. So I think that that's taken out of context. You know, uh, when you hear loyalty, oh, if you're not loyal, he does. You know, if you're not loyal to your job, I have a problem. Yeah. But one more quick point on that. By the way, if, uh, Google my dad, Steve Arabato Sr., built charter schools, uh, built the Northward Center that my sister actually is the CEO of now, my sister Michelle, done extraordinary things in the city of Newark. But here is my point. Sometimes when you disagreed with him in a meeting, Anthony, sometimes when you challenged him, he saw it as, hey, I'm the leader. All I'm asking is this, and, and it has to do with you. Do you want your people to challenge you if they think you are wrong about something, director, and is that not being loyalty to you? Loyal to you? I, I, I say it all the time. I want to be challenged. I like a fight. You learn. Uh, I, I've learned uh, that way. Uh, I, w I worked for Joe Santiago, where people would tell Former Joe Santiago yep. if it was if it was raining out, if it was snowing out, and they tell Joe, "Look at the sun was out, it's 80." Because and he they would shake their head if Joe said that. I would challenge him, uh, and and until today, you know, we, we we meet monthly, and he says that was one of the things I saw in you where you challenged me. So I like my, you know, in order to be a leader, you have to have you have to have some 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 guts, and you have to be able to. Uh, uh, get people mad. You have to be able to say no. You have to be able to, uh, uh, you know, warn people. You have to be counsel people, discipline people. And, and I think that, and it, and it works up. Uh, I've, I've had a, a captain last week in the conversation say, could I talk? Could I give my view on it? And I said, sure. And I like that because they'll never learn and they'll never be part of the organization. If you shut them out, and then you're never going to have them grow and you're never going to have confidence in you as a leader. Well said. Mary, you got a quick, you got 30 seconds left with Director Ambrose. Go ahead. Yeah, and I could tell just your leadership. How much do you believe, you mentioned it earlier, how much of a leader do you think is um, really you're born to be a leader or how much of it is you learn to be a leader? 
Well, I think, I think you're not born as a leader. I think that uh, it's over the years, it's your interest, it's your skill set, it's your nerve, it's knowing what it takes to be a leader. A lot, a lot of leaders uh, want to be leaders because they're in charge uh, and they may be insecure. But if you want to be a leader, you have to be prepared to make change, to fail, uh, to, to, hear, to hear bad things about yourself. If everybody loves you, that's definitely a problem. So uh, it, it's developed. You have to have the skill set that you have to develop with experience and training over the years. Uh, and, and I think that's what makes good leaders. And the other thing about Director Ambrose as we leave this segment is that even though he's been at it for a long time, I know about this personally and professionally, he never stops growing and learning and trying to be a better leader. Um, Anthony, thank you for joining us. Director Anthony Ambrose, who's the Director of Public Safety in the great city of Newark, Brick City. Thank you, Director. Thank you, Steve. Thank I'm you. Steve Adubato. That's Mary Gamba. That's Director Ambrose. We'll be right back. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is brought to you by Gibbons PC, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, and the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825. Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership. Steve Adubato with Mary Gamba. You, you just heard police, excuse me, not just police, police and fire director, which makes him the public safety director in the city of New York. Mary, do you ever think you have all these leadership ideas and philosophies and approaches, and then there's a protest with 12,000 people. Anything can go wrong at any time. And you're the primary leader other than the mayor, Mayor Baraka. That's pressure. It's a lot of pressure. I always joke that, uh, well, I don't joke. I always feel like our job is stressful and what we do and we have a lot of pressure and a lot on our plate. And then when you hear about these, I'll call them real life for lack of a better word, but truly life and death situations that you need to deescalate, you need to manage and a split decision could really mean the, mean the difference between a really good day or a really bad day. So uh, I definitely like to take a moment to thank all the first responders and all those folks that are out there on the front lines every day. Um, they're really just saving lives. So, Real quick point on culture, and we were talking about loyalty with Anthony Ambrose as well. And I know, by the way, in a couple of minutes, we're going to be joined by uh, Dennis Wilson, who's the head of Delta Dental, uh, who's got to be one of the most positive leaders I know, glass half full. He'll talk about that as well. Just great leader. But the other thing is interesting is when Anthony Ambrose and I were talking about, and you were talking about leadership and loyalty, remember we talked about the case of George Floyd? Those there's one officer who's now charged with, I believe, second-degree murder, as we do this case in Minneapolis. Um, he did what he did. He had his knee on the neck of George Floyd. You have three, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, team, three other officers watching. They were on video. They knew they were on video. Didn't stop him, didn't try to stop him, didn't say anything. Loyalty to whom? Your commanding officer or the rule of the law and an innocent citizen who's got his knee on his neck? And so that's why you get confused about loyalty sometimes. Loyalty to whom? And, and, and to loyal, Sure. And, and in that situation, there's so many, every situation is unique. Every situation, there's different factors. In that situation, I believe all three, if not two of them were rookies. They literally had maybe a year, two years on the job. And they, in my opinion, uh, and again, it's just my uh, perspective of things, they were loyal to the police officer who, you know, they're like, oh, maybe this is how things are done, which- Because that's my split, commanding officer? 
Yeah. And, and in that moment, you know, it's very unfortunate because it's hard to say what you would do in a minute, but when you watch it back and you see it and you can reflect on it, I'm sure they would have done something much differently had they really taken a pause and had the confidence to speak up and say something. But at the same time, Mary, and we'll talk about this on another show as well, I believe the culture has to be created, whether it's a police organization, a university, a hospital. If you see someone doing something that's wrong, Great. even if that person's your boss, your leader, yep. and you know that it's putting people's lives at risk, and you think, I'm going to hang back loyalty to whom? That's not, to me, that loyalty to that one person who does your performance review and gives you a raise or not, if that's at the detriment to other innocent people you're there to serve, I would argue, and I know it's not black and white, literally black and white, but the loyalty has to supersede, the loyalty to the people you serve has to supersede your boss. And that's why you challenge me all the time. And again, I'm not saying we're involved in life and death, but I said on the air, if I did something horrific or was about to propose something horrible that would hurt our audience, you're gonna try to stop me. You yeah, may or and may I, not be and, able to, but you're not gonna be silent. Yeah, and I have called you out on things in the past. If I, if I see something that either you said or did, or if you're looking to approach a situation a certain way, I always refer to the 24 hour rule, take a minute, take a pause. Uh, even if I can get you to buy a few hours, sometimes it makes a difference between how you're gonna react to something. But unfortunately, in the case of Director Ambrose and all the law enforcement professionals out there, they often don't have the luxury of they having have 24 extra time. hours. Yeah, so that's why it does have to become part of their culture, their DNA, to pause, even if just for a split second, and really consider the consequences of their, their actions. Let me just say this before we go into Dennis Wilson. The fact that those officers stood there, and this is not political or racial or anything else, but it, to me, the idea that those officers, whether they're rookies or not, stood there and watched for eight and a half minutes as George Floyd was killed on camera, by that officer who had his knee on his neck, an experienced officer, an experienced leader, if you will, within the Minneapolis Police Department, there's something wrong with the culture that allows for that, promotes it, and doesn't stop it. Just my view. Hey, Mary, um, switch gears dramatically. Set up Dennis uh, Wilson real quick. Sure, you did a wonderful interview with Dennis Wilson. He's the president and CEO of Delta Dental of New Jersey, and he shares his tips and tools on leadership. So let's take a look. As we continue talking about leadership, we welcome back to Lessons in Leadership, our good friend Dennis Wilson, President and CEO, Delta Dental, New Jersey. Good to see you, Dennis. Good to see you, Steve. Good to be back. So listen, we talked about leadership several months ago. We are actually taping this in the middle of July. It'll be seen later. I asked you then, I'm going to ask you again. I'm not sure it's the same answer. What is the most significant leadership lesson that you have learned since COVID-19 became a, the reality of our lives back in mid-March. The most significant leadership lesson is, has been? Expect the unexpected. The but unexpected. How, but how do you plan for the, you can expect it, but how do you plan for it? Devil's advocate. Devil's advocate is, is one, your organization needs to be thoughtful and nimble and adaptive to whatever that new normal is. So build flexibility, build contingency into any business plan and to any strategy. Be prepared to be upended is, 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 is the advice that I give. You know, it's so interesting. I'm, I wrote to write down the word adaptive. Uh, Mary Gamba, my colleague and I, the co-host and executive producer of Lessons in Leadership have been hearing 
people use the term adaptive a lot. And I've been obsessed by the concept of innovation. In fact, yes. a terrific book I came across called uh, Innovate or Die. And do, when you say adaptive, do you mean the same thing as innovation or being innovative? You know, they're, they're parallel. I don't know if they're exactly the same. So, so adaptive can certainly mean a responsive mechanism. You can respond to the environment. You can, you can pivot, you can adjust and so forth. In my mind, innovative is more forward looking, um, be where the puck is going to be. Um, adaptive is reacting to the puck coming at you, if you will. So interesting. So, so this remote communication, this remote broadcasting is to me, yes, we are responding, and I'm not going to get into semantics here. We're responding to the reality of not being able to be in a studio, but trying to be innovative in how we're broadcasting, innovative on the different platforms you're using, innovative with the fact that we have colleagues and friends like uh, you and the folks at Delta Dental by, frankly, and listen, I know when people say there's an opportunity, I don't like saying that in the context of a global pandemic, but it's challenging to get people into a studio. There's travel time, there's logistics, and we're able to do this with you. Um, listen, there's technology involved and it doesn't always work perfectly, sure. but this is easier, is it not? It is easier, it's, it's, uh, it's more efficient, less time consuming, and, uh, and, and quite frankly, I think more user-friendly for all of the reasons that you just stated. What do you mean user-friendly? Well, you know, um, two minutes prior to me joining you, I was, a conference, I was on a conference call with other Delta Dental CEOs using the same technology. Um, and basically what I did is take a minute and a half break, sat down, and we're ready to go. And hold on, but if you had to drive to our studio in Newark or New York or anywhere else, logistics would have been an issue. It's so interesting. Go, go back to the meeting part of this. So Dennis, Mary and I also talk about the quality of our meetings. Now, every time we've met, often in your conference room at Delta Dental, it's engaging, it's interactive, it's collaborative. We're, we're, we're brainstorming and we come up with some interesting ideas. I'm a big fan of the E word, engagement, engaging people. Harder to do whether it's go to meeting, Zoom, whatever the heck it is, the technology, you're running a meeting, you want to engage people. Is it harder for you this way? You know, it certainly is. I think you have to think about it more. You have to make a greater effort to engage because you're, you're time bound, you're technology bound, right? And you don't have the advantage um, of casual conversations, of sidebars of things like that. And I think that's, that's what I missed, quite frankly, and that's what we have to get better at as we take this form of interaction to the next level. The, the interjection of, of, of casual, top of mind, water cooler conversations that, uh, that we just don't have now. Me, you, and Randy, Randy started your, your head of marketing and the guru of all sort of innovative and creative marketing and branding and communications. We had a lunch a while back, and I remember just we were sitting there in a very comfortable environment. And again, I don't remember the last time. I, we can call it a business lunch. It was a business lunch, but it was also casual and informal. 
that part's not accessible to us. And I don't think I've ever appreciated those conversations and that social interaction as much as I do now. How about you? I feel the same way. But when I start to feel a little wanting for that, I, I just think, what if this was 10 years ago, right? And, and, and we did not have the benefit of this, of this technology and everything was done by conference call without seeing a face or an action or an expression or things like that. So, you know, I, I, I'm a glass half full person. You are, always. aren't you? Yes, I am. So go back to that. As a leadership, a student of leadership, as, as are you, I, one of the chapters and lessons in leadership uh, is called Attitude is Everything, and which comes from um, the late Keith Harrell, who was a leadership guru who I learned a lot from. You believe your attitude, glass half full, hey, we have this technology 10 years ago, we didn't have it. You choose that attitude, don't you? You, you, you do, and I, and I think um, positivity, if, if you'll allow me, um, sure. is, is, is the key to not only moving us forward, but quite frankly, getting us out of this. Because you know there, there is going to be the next chapter, then the next chapter after that. Um, and if you're mired in the current chapter and feeling bad about it, you'll, you'll, you'll never see that horizon. And so someone who obsesses over, hey, I can't wait for, I can't wait for it to be quote normal again. I understand that, but from a leadership and frankly, from a life perspective, waiting for it to be normal again, it's a tricky yeah. strategy. It is a tricky strategy and uh, you, one has to define what normal is, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's the yeah. new abnormal. And, and I'm a big fan, I'll get off my soapbox in a second, and realizing there are a whole bunch of things we can't control, but whatever that new normal is, I'm a big believer that the greatest leaders actually decide what that's gonna be, or influence it if they can't control it, influence, influence it as much as they can. Because we could keep saying, oh, I really wanna be back in the studio again. I really wanna be doing leadership seminars in person. I really, okay, if I can't, what can I do? What will I do? Is that the new normal? Who cares what you call it? It's what it is. Go ahead, you get the right. final word. Right, a a absolutely. So it's, it's, it's adaptation, uh, just like I said. Um, you, can, you can control what you can control, you can influence what you can, and what you can't, deal with it, put it aside, and move beyond it. Well said, and as uh, Dennis, just laid out positivity, another key to being a great leader. Um, and sometimes when I get feeling sorry for myself, or, oh, I wish it was this way or that way, or wow, this is really rough on me, you realize, first of all, so many other people have it so much worse. The other thing is, why don't you focus on what you can do and all the opportunities we have. And Dennis, I wanna thank you for joining us on Lessons in Leadership, my friend. All the best. Yes, indeed, thank you to you too. You got it. You just saw Dennis Wilson, who is the uh, CEO of Delta Dental in New Jersey. Uh, Mary, Dennis is a great friend of ours. We actually, as we're doing this program at the end of July, in about a month or so, we're doing a golf outing that I talked about uh, that they are sponsoring to support Special Olympics. I'm honored to be a part of that and host that event. But it also goes to how positive he is. He's a, he used the word positivity, right? He sure did. He, he asked if it was okay to use that word. I say overwhelmingly yes. 
Uh, positivity, seeing that glass is half full, that is one of the biggest leadership lessons that I've learned in, in my tenure as a professional uh, leader, woman, manager, parent, uh, wife. So really it's being positive and seeing that glass is half full. And uh, I agree with Dennis completely. Positive during COVID-19? Yeah, positive. You got to, of course, at first we're all panicked. There was no way not to be. Uh, but then you really have to see the opportunity in it, the opportunity to, okay, we're all working from home. Now I have more time with my family. I have time to exercise. Uh, positivity of even if you know someone that was sick with it, that, hey, you want to know what they beat it, they overcame. So it, it's no matter how bad things get and no matter how dark things seem in the moment, you need to always keep looking for the light at the end of that tunnel. Were you born with that? Oh yeah, no, I was. I, I, I have my moments, I'm human as well. Uh, I, I do sometimes find myself spiraling out of control. And when it happens, trust me, my kids and my family uh, call me out on it. And to Mary's point, so you understand that this is again, not a therapy session, but rather about leadership. When I go to that dark place and it's horrible, everything's going wrong and, I, and Mary does this, what are the two words you say to me? They're the same word over and over again. Well, I usually just say, wah. wah. No, she says, wah, wah, twice, which the, the great Artie Lang on the Howard Stern yeah. Show used to say. Mary's like, wah. And I know yeah. that's her way of saying, I'm not, stop. Will yeah. you stop? You got a great life. You got a great gig. You're overpaid. Um, relax. Wah, stop mm -hmm. complaining. And it checks me. So I want to thank you for that, Mary. Hey, that's what I'm here for. And everybody watching out there, just continue to be positive. And the show, Mary, give everyone a, uh, the greetings. Say goodbye. Uh, goodbye. Now, it's been great. And uh, here's to another great episode of Lessons in Leadership. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks, everyone. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is brought to you by Gibbons PC, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, and the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825.